Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Grateful to have you join us this afternoon. This is my typical regular day to uh, host, so I'm glad to be here, uh, and it is good to talk about the things of the Lord together. It is a Wednesday, unless you're listening to this as an encore, and we are back in the book of Genesis tonight, looking forward to being with you here at Calvary. No matter where you are, you can join us and go download our free app. Put my name in the in your app store, Ed Taylor. Why be why did somebody email me recently? Why did you attach your name to the church, Calvary Church? Um, we we only did that with anything online because there are many, many, many Calvary churches. So the best way to find this one is just by typing in my name. And if you type in my name, Ed Taylor, you can uh, connect directly with us, download the app, watch us live, connect with us in all the different ways. Even people like Seth Ramirez uh, that doesn't know how to work a phone and doesn't know how to handle his phone or really do anything much, even people like Seth Ramirez can do it. And we would want him to do it so he can stay connected with the ministry here. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Welcome everyone listening from around the country, including Fredericksburg, Virginia. We're glad that you're joining in. I know you're listening on the app, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, Everyone on the Radio by Grace Network, welcome. You're listening live on the Grace FM on the Grace FM network. Uh, Welcome. Uh, And on Hope FM and Truth FM, you guys are listening to this one week delayed Higher Rock Radio. And maybe uh, one time, one one day soon, Kevin, the lamp in Fredericksburg will host, will carry this uh, particular program on their radio station um, all throughout the Fredericksburg, Virginia area. We would love to be a part of it. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Lines are wide open. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Text me, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the number to connect uh, by texting. Um, we've got... Another text today from Spokane, Washington. Lisa uh, wanted to thank me for the input yesterday. You're welcome. Um, Went and listened to the sermon on exhortation and thankful that I did. Before I listened, I was thinking I needed someone to counsel me on how to be a better Christian, but it's really me drawing closer to Jesus. He is my mentor. 
And I've listened to the audio book on boundaries few days. God is parenting me and I feel it. I'm so glad, Lisa, that you listened and did that because I really do believe, uh, as I mentioned in the Bible study, I'm not opposed to the idea of these discipleship relationships. We all need a good Christian friend in our life or two, a Paul to a Timothy, Timothy to a Paul. However, the idea, the way the world puts it with mentoring and accountability partners, I, I was mentioning with someone today, uh, We, I put my hand way up high in the air and I said, you know, God is calling us to this um, higher level, like a relationship personally with him. And then the world has said, no, 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 no. What you need is a mentor. You can't be a good Christian without a mentor. And then I'm pulling, I'm pulling my hand down because the bar keeps going lower and lower. And you need a mentor. You don't know what to do unless you have a mentor. No, you have the living God living inside of you. And so what happens is now we can have relationships based on love, um, not just, well, I'm your accountability partner. Well, no, I'm, I'm checking in on you because I love you. And I want to serve you, and I want to be available to the Holy Spirit and available to you. So thank you, Lisa, for that follow-up. Uh, I do believe it was a helpful Bible study on the question that you asked, and that's a lot of what we do here, too. We will point you back to the Word in in answering a question, and the Holy Spirit will use it. It's pretty cool. All right, I got a text here from someone that just says, please pray for me. So I'm going to do it. Father, I pray for this person um, all they can get is four words into a text. But you know the enormity of what these four words represent. You know the the sense of desperation in these simple four words. And you heard their hearts cry before I even saw the text. So I lift them up to you. Your word says I can that, that by the grace or by the blood of Jesus, I can go right into the throne room of grace to find help in time of need. And that's what we do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, here's a text. Hello from the Lees in Texas. Hello, Lee family. It's been many, many years since uh, you've been here. And uh, you guys, it says, thank you for continuing to pour into our lives. We love and miss our Calvary family. You guys are missed here as well. Um, it's always a sad thing. I had another family come up on Sunday uh, and I could see it. I could see it. It's kind of like you know, you can see it in the body language. Uh, they've been in our church almost since we opened the building, and they looked me in the eye and said, uh, this is our last Sunday because uh, we're moving to Virginia. Uh, and Virginia uh, seems to be super popular <laughs> these days. And uh, um, they thanked us for pouring into their lives. And I just, I was so encouraged because, I mean, it's bittersweet because a great family, great kids, uh, but... They're leaving stronger than when they first started, and that's true for you guys too, Lee's in Texas. You guys are you left stronger uh, than when you first started here because the Lord loves you, and I know that the Lord is doing great things in your life. All right, where are we? We are in Fort Collins. Mike hung up. It says uh, Mike hung up, <laughs> but I'm going to pray for you anyway. Um, uh, Wife is asking um, uh, difficult in marriage. Lord, I pray for Mike right now. Um, I pray, God, even as he hung up, that you would strengthen him, uh, help him through this challenging time in his marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's move on. Let's see where we are here. Same, Fort Collins, different person, though. Chris, 
Welcome to the program. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. I got some questions for you and a prayer Fantastic. request. Fantastic. <clears throat> uh, the wedding supper, is that after the rapture takes place with the rapture people, or is that at another time? Yeah, it is after the rapture. I'm looking right now for my end times. I don't know why it's not showing up here, but I have 12 chronological events that I put together of the end times, and the marriage supper of the Lamb is number four on the list, and I have it after the uh, age of grace, which is the age we're living in right now, then the rapture of the church, then the Bema seat judgment, then the marriage supper of the Lamb, then the great tribulation period. Oh, okay. So the tribulation saints are not included in the wedding supper? Not yet, nope. Okay. Well, what do not, you mean not yet? Not yet, not in that sense. They They won't be in eternity yet. Oh, eternity. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I misspoke. Okay. And when do we get our glorified body? I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of debate on that. Uh, some say immediately, some say at the resurrection. Um, it, it's You can make a biblical case for either. You know, the big thing about not getting in immediately is uh, in uh, second or in first Corinthians, it talks about in that we aren't going to be disembodied spirits, um, but in oh, the reality of wait, but there's also a good argument for waiting where everyone gets their new body at the resurrection. Um, oh. So either one will work because uh, they both, you can both make a, you can make a biblical case for each. Okay. We had a friend, have a friend that just uh, says you're only going to have a spiritual a spirit when you die. Well, and that to some degree that could be true if you believe you're not getting your bodies till the resurrection, till the general resurrection uh, after the great tribulation period. Um, some people place that at the rapture, right? Those that de- died first will uh, rise first, and then the church comes up together. You know, it's all we look. We think in terms of time, but uh, it all happens pretty instantaneously. You know, like the twinkling of an eye. Um, however. If what your friends mean is that we'll never have a new body, that's not true. Um, Jesus, um, Jesus, after his resurrection, had a new body, um, and we aren't told the in what body he was during the three days waiting for the for his resurrection. So we're not told, um, but we do. We are told that. The resurrection body of Jesus uh, bear, bore similarities to his physical body, that he still had his scars um, that were, you know, the only like wound in heaven uh, is, are going to be the healed scars on his hands. Uh, and so there is a one-to-one correspondence between the new body and the physical body. It's the mortal made immortal. Uh, but the timing, it's, up for, it's one of those things that Christians love to argue about um, but there are there is no argument about disembodied like like we are getting a new body. So if your friend is suggesting that we won't get a new body, your friend is not correct. Okay, okay. And also, uh, I would like to request prayer for my son. Okay. And his family situation is a mess mm. um, with in laws and yeah. wife. And they're all non-believers. Yes. He's a believer, and boy, they just have ganged up on him. So hard. 
in-laws can be really brutal, unfortunately. So much so that when I did a family series, I did a Bible study on how to relate to the in-laws. Um, I'd encourage you to share it with him. It's on our website under the series, and I think I call, I, I know I called the family I called the series Family Matters, and there's a particular Bible. If you can't find it, just email me or text the number here, and I'll send it to you. Okay, All thank right. you, Father. I pray uh, for your hand to be in this family because it's very very difficult. Not like it isn't already, but uh, my sister's son needs help. Um, with in-laws and having experienced challenges with in-laws before, it's very very hard. And so I pray, God, that you'd give strength and wisdom, especially wisdom, how to love his wife and also have an agape love, not not just a human love, but an agape love for her family and that there would not be division in his marriage. And I pray against that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number, and I did get your text, Mike. You're welcome for the prayer. 303-690-3000. Let's come back to Aurora. Manny, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Manny, what's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, um, we have we spoken before. Yeah. Past told me about the tree of life in my backyard. Oh, yeah. How to get okay. the fruits. Uh-huh. You, you talked to a lot of folks, but you probably might remember me, might not. Either way, my question is, um, as a new believer in Christ, I have difficulties displaying my sincerity and my transformation with folks of my past. Okay. And so, you know, including relatives, sisters, brothers, sons, and it's really difficult for me to share my newfound desire to have God in every aspect of my life. And whatever I do, whatever I talk about, whatever I when I drive, when I watch TV, when I read the book, whatever it is that I do, I really, really feel the Holy Spirit compelling me to, and it makes me feel good as I do it. But as, as on the same token, I'm doing, I'm behaving in this new nature of myself towards my closest friends and relatives. And I'm kind of, I don't know if it's, I don't know. If, I don't want to be scaring them or make them feel awkward. Sure. But I don't. I don't know how to. You know. I just. It's, it's kind of difficult, and I. I want to stay. I want to keep what God has given me and what I have become because I feel so much better. Yeah. So, what is your question? My question is: Is, is this uh, a feeling that I'll have forever, or, or will, I mean, or or how do I? I mean, how do I? How do I just let that continue to 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 flow? I mean, it's hard for me to to express myself because how they knew me in the past to how I am now. Yes, is really a, a big, big, huge difference. Yes, in the past, you know, I would cuss a storm like no other, and and I have not said a word 
a bad word for like six months. I had not said a bad word. When all I did was say bad words, every sentence had four or five bad words in it. Right. And now, not, not, now I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't feel the need to, to speak that way any longer. Good. You know, and, you know, I always, you know, violent or angry or mad, or anything, even driving on the street. But now I just feel so much at peace and so much calm. And I try to share that with the folks that know me the best. And like my wife, especially, she empowers me and she encourages me. I, I call her, she's, I tell her she's my angel. Huh. God sent her, God, God sent her to save me. Good. That's what I tell her. Use God sent you to save me. She said, God sacrificed you to save me. Because hmm. I mean, she she changed my life a lot. So um, that's where I'm at. And I just want to see if you have any words of encouragement to continue my 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 strides. Because I want to continue to follow Christ from this minute from from six months ago when I got baptized. Yes. And it's been difficult. It's been really hard. Of course. Well, you know, I I think that you're you are living out what is normal. It's it's very normal to be encouraged and excited about what God's doing in your life. And when you ask, you know, um, is it going to last forever? Or you know, you're going to have ups and downs. Some days are going to be better than others. Uh, some days are going to be more encouraging than others. Uh, that's normal. Uh, and the the key. I know it might sound simple, uh, but it's not. The key. Uh, in staying strong in the things of God is reading your Bible every day and praying every day, uh, staying close to Him, trusting God, stepping out in faith, um, being available um, to serve Him. And like you said, continuing to share, like you've been doing, continuing to share your story. Because it is encouraging. Like We're sharing our story, and then we get to a place and you go, oh my gosh, that's my story. That's my, that's not, I'm not listening to somebody else. This is God's work in my life. And it's super important that you continue to do that as the Lord would lead you, because I know that um, he'll use it. But just be ready for the spiritual warfare, because it's real. Very, very real. Yeah, yeah I do. I have encountered that today at work today. I ran into a man, his name was Grace, and it was awesome, because I was talking to him, and uh, he said he used to be homeless, and now he's running a, a business, a construction business, and I okay. delivered some flooring to him. And we got to talking, you know, about the word, and and we just talked for you know several long minutes. And I started the conversation about about God. I told him, "Hey, look, you know it's God that did this for us, right? I mean, because he was a, a homeless alcoholic man mm-hmm. living in the streets, and I, and now he's a supervisor at a construction company, and he's doing well. And right. I said, you know, God had a lot to do with that." And so we just went on talking about it, but then you know, on the way I went on the way leaving the job site, some guy gave me the bird. I mean, so <laughs> I mean, so I, so I, I find myself in these types of encounters, it, of like you were just saying, spiritual warfare. Yeah, it's real. It, yeah, it, it is real. And, and you know, with my family, my my sons, I have a son who saw me, the worst of me, as he was growing up. So he's skeptical, skeptical of my my new my new love for Christ and my yeah. new creation within myself and, and everything that I do, I tell them everything that the good that comes from me is coming from God. Yeah. Don't be alarmed. Don't call me. I'm a liar or a hypocrite or whatever you think that's happening. I am being sincere in what I'm doing for you. Or, you know, I've helped them with floors, putting stuff together, painting his house and stuff. And I don't know if he thinks that I'm doing it because 
no, I do feel bad and sad for the past that I've provided, but sure. I'm still here and yeah. I'm still doing good things. Yeah. Well, Father, I pray for my friend as you turn around his life in more and more ways uh, that you would establish him as uh, he enjoys the good times and you'd establish him as he enjoys the or endures the warfare and the challenges that come his way. Um, pour out your spirit in an abundance and give him the needed strength to fulfill your will for his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, and okay, I'll bro. see you on Sunday. All right, see you then. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Rudy, Denver, welcome to the program. Hi, how's it going, Pastor? It's going good, man. What's up? I'm good. Uh, I just want to ask for prayer. Me and my wife had a, just a sudden urge to want to adopt, and today oh, wow. we are encountering our first uh, kind of orientation to make this step possible. Okay. And, uh, you know, our, on Sunday, our in service, our church family prays over us. Yes. Lifted us up, you know, in prayer for, for this and, uh, and for our journey. But I consider you guys my church family as well, you know. Yeah, you, you bet. You guys do a lot with me, and I would just love some prayer from you guys. Yeah. Father, I pray for this journey into adoption, that you would open doors uh, that no man can close, and that you would close doors that no man can open in this special desire. It's a very deep, special desire you give to a couple, to a person to adopt, uh, to take in a precious child as their own, uh, no strings attached. And so I just pray that not only would you multiply that heart in many, but also, God, that this particular meeting that Rudy and his wife are walking into would be very relevatory. It would be very clear uh, exactly what you want to do and how you want to use their family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, man, thank you so much. You're well, hey, you know, uh, adoption is pretty special to my heart because I was adopted. Oh, really? I, and yes, yes, I, I think I've heard that. And so you guys have inspired, you guys had done some, you had, uh, did, a, did something on the radio earlier, did, you know, like yeah. earlier in the day. Yep. And I hear your sermons, and uh, it was something that inspired and, me. That and you know, my cool. parents, uh, they couldn't have a child. Um, I think it was, um, you know, something medical where they were unable to have a child together. Uh, and they adopted two children, my sister and me, and and it was a beautiful, they were very wonderful people. They parented me as if I was their own because I was, and they told me from an early age. They didn't ever hide it, hit it, uh, and um, I'm very, very thankful for them. Uh, they, uh, 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 The fruit of my life uh, started when they decided uh, to pick the most handsome baby in that in that whole area, or in that, what do they call it? In the whole orphanage, they they took me out in a cardboard box. And I'm just kidding, but they did adopt me from uh, from the That's county, great. and and they do get to they're in heaven enjoying the fruit of of their ministry under the Lord. And yes, and then look, I mean, they'd be so proud of you now. I mean, you inspire so many and. Man, I mean that's just that, that's that's touching, and I, I've shared with you when my wife was when she had endometriosis. Yes, yes. She had to have her head hysterectomy, and mm. we have a, I have a, you know I have a son, her son, my stepson, but he's my son. I'm, that's right. You know, he's, he's my world, and yep. he's in with it. We've prayed together on it. We've all talked about it. and yeah. We're all in. That's huge. We just, you know, we're just yes, and you know, there's such a need. I just did a, um, um, I just did a family dedication last week. Uh, a, f- a longtime family here, big part of our fellowship. They, they felt like you did, just a real quick thought. Uh, they said, you know, I think we're going to get involved in the foster care um, 
and, and start serving our community through foster care. And so they took that step of faith, got prepared, uh, got trained, stepped into the foster care arena, uh, started the process. They had a, a family placed with them, three children. Um, so I think I, I might have the ages wrong a little bit, but 16, uh, 14, and I think a uh, little guy is probably six, somewhere in that. And through the process of fostering, they f- they then felt the Lord tug them to adopt all three of these kids into a family where they've already ra- they're raising four kids. Um, and they the after three years through the whole process and everything, we they adopted them. I was at the courthouse for the declaration with them and their family, and we dedicated those kiddos as a part of their family um, right there on the stage. It was um, it was a glorious testimony of God's faithfulness. So I can't wait to hear your story. I'll keep in touch. All right, I'll do it. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, I was such a rotten kid. Uh, I was so bad. I don't even know how to describe it. I was just such a rebellious, horrible child in so many ways. And I used to joke with my mom. She would get so mad at me, which is the reason why I kept joking with her um, that there would be days where she, I was so in trouble and I was so messed up that she would go and look at the receipt that they got and turn it over and to look on the back and see what the return policy was on the kid they adopted. And of course there was no, but she was go, I didn't ever did. And I know, I said, I know mom, I'm just joking. I was just joking. I know you would never. And she did. And she loved me unconditionally. My, my dad loved me unconditionally. He was um, very grateful for them. And of course I miss them because they're in heaven now. Um, they've both been gone for quite a few years and, um, God used them greatly and there were no refunds. Um, uh, you, you walk out the door, he's yours. <laughs> and they did. They, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, my dad was a very quiet, um, and by the way, we have full line, so we'll get to it we're coming up on the break. Uh, and I just, just wanted to share this testimony cause it might be very helpful for you, but. Um, my dad was very quiet, one of those quiet, strong men, pretty much raised in a generation, just keep to yourself. And that's pretty much how he lived his life, quiet and strong, faithful. Um, and I only saw him express emotion, you know, a few times, like demonstratively. It's not not like he wasn't emotionalist, but demonstratively. And, and I only saw him cry a couple of times. Um, and one always comes to mind first and foremost, and that was the day that he picked me up from jail. And my dad was always bailing me out of problems. Um, I was always creating new problems. Uh, and I don't just mean problems in the home. I mean problems at school, problems on my baseball teams, problems on my football team, problems uh, at the corner, problems. And then, of course, as I got older, problems with the police, problems in jail, uh, problems where we had to hire attorneys. I was just such a horrible kid. And I, you know, Maybe you look back at your life and think, man, I was a horrible kid too, and 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 regret. The enemy would love to stir up regret, um, but we can't dwell in regret. Um, and we, we can't go there. We can't allow it because we're not there anymore. And our, you know, if it was with our parents, our parents forgive us. If it's with our spouse, our spouse forgives. Like we don't want to look back too long. We have a little rear view mirror. We don't want to forget where we came from. We want to know our surroundings, but we don't want to live in the past. We want to move forward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I encourage you, I did a whole Bible study. We're actually working on a book right now on how to deal with your past. 
Uh, we don't know what the title is going to be yet, but uh, there is a series. There, there's a series of Bible studies on the app and on our website. I think we called it um, "Free from Your Free from Your Past." Um, and so, if you're dealing with condemnation and regret and unforgiveness and all of those emotions that comes from a difficult past, I'd encourage you. The Word of God will build you up. The Bible says that. Um, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So get into the word and the Lord will give you faith. Hey, you hear the music? We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name's Ed. See you in a bit. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half. It goes by super quick. The show does and the break does. And I wanted to, if you're listening on the Grace FM radio network, uh, we had a, a little spot that ran for our Su Gracia Ministry, which is our Spanish-speaking church with Pastor Sergio overseeing it. So if you know someone that worships uh, better as with Spanish as their first language uh, and the language they understand easier, um, then come on out. And I'm sure if you're not in the Denver area, um, there's probably a good Spanish-speaking verse-by-verse Bible study. And that's the difference Calvary Chapel still uh, adhere to a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, book-by-book approach. At least that's a true Calvary Chapel distinctives. Uh, and if you uh, are following in that that family of churches, then you're, we're committed to teaching through uh, the Word of God. And Sergio does it in Spanish. So good. 303 Six nine zero three thousand is the number. Wani has been waiting patiently, uh, so let me get to. Uh, and also here in the Denver metro area, Legacy Christian Fellowship in Thornton. Um, I just met the new pastor. That's uh, he was at the pastor's breakfast uh, recently, and they have a great Spanish speaking church uh, Bible study up in Thornton as well. Wani in Strasburg, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. I was with some brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we were discussing various topics. And one of my um, Christian brothers said, well, Jesus told one of the thieves on the cross, I will see you in paradise. Yes. Where did Enoch and Elijah go when they didn't die? Yes. Well, that's that's a great question because there's a couple of options um, that are available to us. First, they went directly into the presence of the Lord, and that's indicated by how they how the the language of the scriptures had them going up and and having a disappearance that was upward, which is representative of the eternal realm or the heavenly realm where God dwells. 
We also know that those who died in the Old Covenant prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ spent time in a place known as Abraham's bosom. Now, of course, the location of Abraham's bosom isn't told to us, so there's a very good chance that Abraham's bosom was also in the presence of God, but in a different way because the blood of Jesus Christ hadn't been um, shed yet, the full new covenant hadn't come into place yet, and Jesus, again, after his death, death he goes in to, um, into Abraham's bosom and empties that and takes them into the presence of the Lord. So there's a couple of options that come with Enoch and Elijah, and I would also point out that with Enoch and Elijah, they are unique. Uh, so what happened to them didn't happen to anyone else. And it's important that we recognize that, right? Because the Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die, then the judgment. But both of these men skipped death. Uh, they were translated. They become actually a picture and a type of the rapture of the church because they didn't experience death because they were an exception to that. Just like, and some people would cry, no, no, that's not fair. They can't be in exceptions. But God, in his divine prerogative, his sovereignty, he can do whatever he wants. And I'll give you, well, can you think of a, of, of a very notable exception uh, that never happened again in the Old Testament? Can you think of any notable exceptions? Oh, did Methuselah, did he ever die? Yeah, Methuselah, he did. Uh, he did die, but here's, a, here's one. You're, can you think of one? Melchizedek? No, Melchizedek was a theophany. Many people believe that he was Jesus in, in human form. But I'm, you're on the right way as you're looking at the uniqueness, and I'm glad that you're thinking that. There are some unique characters in the Old Testament, but I think an exception similar to Enoch and, uh, to Enoch and Elijah bypassing physical death, another exception to that is how Adam and Eve came to life. They were oh, yeah, uniquely yeah. created. No one else has ever been uniquely created like them. And Thank you so very much. I am so excited to meet with my—we all attend Calvary Bennett, and so yes. we just have these great discussions. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll call and ask Pastor, you know, who I'll, I'll call Grace Live. Yes, and good. I encouraged all them to do it, but they I, said they're too afraid. No, they don't need to be afraid. I'll now beat them up I like I beat you up. Thank, thank you so much, Pastor. <laughs> You're welcome, Wani. Bye-bye. Bye. And of course— I don't beat anybody up, ever. Although we did have, um, well, I didn't beat him up, but I had a thought about it. Um, there's a guy that comes and harasses people in our church here, and I don't like it. Makes me angry, um, but then I don't deal with it. So I let three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Um, so that was just a random thought. So Lord, I just pray for that that guy. You know who he is. Uh, you know the trouble that he tries to cause. And we pray that you would stop him in the power and the blood of Jesus, and you would prevent him from harming and hurting people, even if it's just screaming at them as they drive into the parking lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jason in Aurora, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I have a question, a couple okay. questions, but I'm trying to word it so it's PC, but I struggle with a few addictions, marijuana 
um, women, I guess. Okay. And the things you do and the pornography and what all goes with that. Okay. And what I've noticed is it's kind of made me look at women now less as people and more as objects, I guess. Okay. And I don't know how to fix this. I pray. And the other part of this question is I don't really like going to church. Like okay. I don't like being around people. Like I have this problem with my dad. Like I'm, my mom's gone. Yeah. They're divorced. Mom lived a very different life than dad. Dad's very by the book, you know, very, there's black and white, just a really, really good guy. And it makes me feel very uncomfortable when I'm around his side of the family because they're all just really good people. And I feel very like I'm the black sheep of that family, but they're not, they don't make me feel that way. It's just, you know, but I don't know how I'll go like a month without doing these things. Let me me help you out. Let me help you out. Jason, let me ask you a question, and uh, it's important that you give me permission. And are you are you ready to hear some hard things? Yeah, absolutely. I need okay. to. So maybe you can even listen to this uh, program when it gets posted on the podcast. So you can hear yourself the way that I hear you, or other people listening in, and and understand the position that you're in. The first thing I hear is that you say you struggle with these things. And although I understand that you are talking about not wanting to do them, but you do them anyway, like Romans 7, you're not struggling with them. You're doing them because you like them. You're doing them because sin is pleasurable. And you are involved in these sins because it's become a real bad, sinful habit of yours. And I don't want you to blame the struggle or the sin you're fully responsible. So I want to lay that number one. Number two, you said that these sins have made you see women as objects. And that's not true. You choose of your own free will to see women as objects. And you feed that part of your flesh through pornography, through, through sexual sin, that only reinforces your choice. And the, the only remedy to what you're talking about right now is repentance, a real, true, godly sorrow for the position that you're in. And you're right. There's a sinful condition in all of us. Paul would talk about in Romans 7 that the things he does, he doesn't want to do, and the things he do, doesn't do, doesn't want to do, he does. And uh, like that, that is a true part of our battle between the Spirit and the flesh. But I want you to see where it's brought you. It's brought you to a place where you identify it. It keeps you from fellowship. You can't value and honor women at times, like you were sharing. Maybe you get victory for a month, and then you jump back in. You get victory for a month, and you get jumped back in. And And let me just say, victory for a month uh, is a tremendous, tremendous um, time of victory, you know, because month can become two, can become five, can become 10, can become a year. Uh, and God can give you the victory day by day, but I, 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 I'm going to ask you to stop with all the victim language. Stop with like you don't have any control. Stop with the, the you know I, I just can't I can't see women as anything but objects now because it's not true. It's just as part of your choices that as a born again believer you now have the power to live a pure life. You have now the power 
to see a woman as your sister or as your mom uh, or as someone that you can respect, and it can go longer than a month. And the idea that it holds you back from church and, and that you don't like church, you know, those are, two, those are two issues. And I'll give you a chance to respond. So I know you're listening um, carefully, and I appreciate that. But it, these two other things, I just want you to consider the condition you're in. Like, oh, you know, I don't want to go to church because I lust there. Well, for goodness sake, and if you lust in your mind, in your own room at the closed door. Um, so you want to take back things the enemy's trying to steal from you, like church. And then, you know, I don't like, I, I don't like church. Well, you know, you do a lot of things you don't like. Uh, you take cough medicine or, you know, you have to drive the speed limit. Like, and this is, this is hard and you don't have to agree with me. It's fine. But you have become very comfortable living under all these excuses for bad behavior. And you're, if you're just going to, if you're just going to live your life with excuses, this is going to be your life. And I think that's the beginning, Jason. Stop with the excuses and start facing these things and get back to church. And if lust is a temptation, say no to temptation. Say, this is my sister. I, I receive her as my sister. I'm going to pray for her as my sister. I'm going to look away um, in my own, because it's not her fault. It's not the women, It's not a woman's fault that you're lusting after her. It's not pornography's fault that you're lusting after her. It's not the church's fault. It's your fault. And if you repent... God will meet you there and deliver you from that moment. And it's moment after moment. And before you know it, the Holy Spirit replaces those lustful thoughts with thoughts of agape love. And you can have real bona fide relationships with with females, even those that you might lust after, that you don't lust after anymore. Instead, you don't see them as someone to be used. You see as someone to be valued and treasured and served. Okay, that was a hint. That was a mouthful. You said you would listen. Now I will listen to your follow up. So I, I agree with most of that. I, I do. It's just when I say that, like the way I look at them, I don't look at them as women so much anymore. It's not that like I choose. It's just it's an immediate reaction. Like I work at a place where there's a lot of people coming in and out, and like I'll see a lady, and my first reaction just goes there like my eyes go you know to check out stuff and i don't like that and i like so stop stop for a second stop for a second let me tell you what's happening there what you just described you skipped a step you skipped something that's happening in the spiritual realm your first reaction is actually not sinful it's temptation you are tempted that's the first thing that happens. That's where you're at right now. And I'm telling you, in your future, there does not have to be this kind of heavy temptation. The Lord can deliver you. He has delivered you. And I know you don't feel that now, but what you just described, what you just described is you skipped a step and the enemy's tempting you with a woman that passes by and all the things that you're seeing and you choose to bite the, the hook and take the temptation, and you sin. And then you've been sinning so much that I think you become uh, rather hard to it in some areas. Not that you don't recognize it, because I hear you. You're you're asking for help, so that's a good thing. But if you don't get to the root of... Remember the church in Ephesus? Remember 
Jesus was talking to them in Revelation chapter 2, and what did he say? He said, you left your first love. And can't you hear the church saying, oh, I I still love you, Lord. What do you mean I left my first love? You're my all in all. But Jesus is like telling them straight up, you left your first love. And if you don't remember from where you have fallen, repent and repeat the first works, you're going to stay in that condition and get worse. And I think there's a similar thing happening in your life. And again, I'm we're on the radio, right? So it's we're not going to get into all the details. We're we're not going to I can't get to every single issue uh and all the nuance that's part of your life because there's more to you than this phone call and I acknowledge that. And there's more to you than my simple response. However, I believe God would use my simple response to shock you in a way that might open you to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. So how do I, do I just continue, you know, going and I'll stumble, but get better hopefully with prayer and... Well, you, like, yeah. Like right now, are you lusting right now? Uh, right now, this no, moment. No, but I'm by myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you are, you are by yourself, right? I'm not with you. Yeah. Right, so... Uh, no, but no. like, uh, so, it's just like there's... So stop, stop, know. stop for a second. I'm going to treat you, you... Part of this is new habits, right? So it's either yes or no. And here's what you said. And this is how you've been living your life. No, but. No, but. You've got this dichotomy in your life. No, but. And then really what's happening, you're going to start describing the struggle. I'm the struggle. I'm, it's my life. It's a big struggle. And I'm a victim. And it's all hard and victim of sin. You know, again, all these things that we do to keep us from our best. And, and I know you have power to overcome the struggle. And I'll tell you why. So just answer this question. You ready? Do you struggle with robbing banks? <laughs> no, I don't. Why not? <laughs> I've thought about it, but I don't. Okay, do you struggle with Do you struggle with stealing what? cars? Do I struggle with what? Stealing cars? No. And you can you get where I'm going, right? There's a thousand different things you don't struggle with, and as you examine them, you see, well, they don't they're not temptations for me. They're not I don't want to go to jail. You know, I don't yeah. I want to deal I don't want to hurt the heart of God. And this struggle it's the same thing. You can say, I could tell you, do you struggle with this? No. And, and so you go, well, do I just have to keep you know, failing in it? You're going to fail. Sin is going to happen. You're not going to be sinless until you shed this earthly body. And so as you see mistakes or you see sinful failures for what they are, it's like, okay, Lord, my heart is for you. I walk in the spirit, but I failed you. Forgive me, Lord. Remember in Psalm 51, David says, for you and you alone have I sinned against and you start to cultivate your relationship with Jesus. As you cultivate your relationship with Jesus, there is um, a tremendous power that's unleashed in your life. But if you don't change your vocabulary and your perspective about it, this is going to be the rest of your life. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I know it's all me, and I know it's such a silly problem to have. Like, It, it isn't. Real it's, big problems. And it's I, not a silly problem. So so let me... It, let me. I, it, it, Though. But let me let me let let you're right. So again, don't revert back to because now wh- wh- where you're at, you want to be careful not to fall into to the other extreme of self condemnation. I know it's me. Yeah, it is you. But you live in a world where the enemy, the world, the flesh, and the devil is coming against you. You live in a world where you've created bad habits. You're living in a world where you are not willing to. You know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You're like. Like deal with radical sin radically, and I don't want you to fall into self condemnation either. But I do want you to see, though, 
so much of your life is lived in victory. And, and you know, really, the I'm going to pray for you right now, and here's what I'm going to pray. You might be shocked, but I'm going to pray that you hate this sin because you don't hate it completely. You enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy it, you wouldn't do it. And God made women not to be objects. You know that. God yeah, made I women I mean, I have daughters. to be valued and treasured. And you know, when you're checking someone else out and you're lusting after them, that's someone's daughter. Yeah, I and, tell myself that. And like, I'm getting better, but it's Good just, for you. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know. Well, we haven't started our next Pure Life Ministry class yet. It starts on August 30th here at the church. And it's by, you know, you can only sign up privately with Pastor Micah. But if you call the office and ask to speak with Micah, uh, he can tell you if there's any space left. And this would be a great commitment to make. You're well on your way. Take the next step and go to this class and forget all this stuff. I don't want to go to church anymore. Get in fellowship. Be in the environment of God. Start obeying. Like Going to church is an easy one. So start obeying on the easy things, um, because obedience begets obedience. All right? All right. Can uh, I answer you a quick one? I'm going to pray for you, because we've taken most of the show for this one, all right? So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother as you have uh, helped him get a little bit of perspective today. I know it doesn't answer every area of his life, but I pray, God, that he would walk in the victory that's already his. Even as he was answering, he knows many of these answers already. He didn't need me. But to reaffirm it in his life, I pray that you would help him to appropriate the spiritual power, that there would be true godly sorrow that would lead to true repentance that would lead away from seeing women as objects and wanting to use them instead of serve them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, 303-690-3000. We're heading over to Alabama. Eileen, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I was have been told or have heard that Jesus could have sinned if he so desired. And my question is this. If he was not um, born of a sinful nature, he was, he was a son of God, uh, born of the Spirit, how, I would like to understand how he could have sinned if he didn't have a sinful nature. Right. This is, the, this is one of those. That today's the day of the debatable issues uh, scholars have debated this and still debate it to this day. Um, it's actually debated in the uh, with fancy seminary words, peccability or impeccability are the two words that you might. Um, peccability is the belief that Jesus could have sinned but didn't. And of course, impeccability believes that Jesus could not have sinned. Um, you know, when you... When you look at Jesus, he was fully man, and he was fully God. But what made, what made him different in his humanity is he did not have a sinful nature. And because he didn't have a sinful nature, he um, didn't have he didn't deal with the kind of issues that you and I deal with, um, being born into sin. Now the Bible does say that Jesus was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Uh, so we know he didn't sin. Um, we know that he never sinned. Mm-hmm. 
but the full weight of temptation was felt. Uh, and, and so, you know, from the both points of view, from a human standpoint, some people could say, well, he could have sinned uh, as a human, never as God. Um, but Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted, um, but he doesn't know what it's like to sin, at least from the participant form, because he didn't, um, he didn't, he didn't participate in sin. But remember, um, I don't think it was possible for Jesus to sin. Personally, um, I believe that he was completely separate from sin, and that he remained sinless. Um, and so, with that view, people will go, "Well, then, how could he be tempted?" Well, because he's creator God. He knows exactly what temptation means. Uh, He knows exactly what temptation feels like. He knows exactly, he was tempted. The Bible says that he was literally tempted by the devil himself. And I I think most of us, probably uh, almost all of us, never experienced temptation directly from the devil. Um, I think we have the demonic realm going after us, but not the devil. Um, But I think that uh, regardless of how a person views this, we need to we need to view it uh, as the sinless, holy Christ, and that Jesus was able to live a life apart from sin. Even though, just because he didn't experience something, doesn't mean he didn't know about it because he created it. Okay, um, I read a scripture in Hebrews that says he was holy, undefiled. That's right. Uh, separate from sinners, as a, as our. You're right. I agree with you. Yeah. So the person that mentioned it said that the temptations of the of the devil would have been useless if he could not have sinned. That's that's what I heard someone say. Yeah. It's it's not. That's kind of the argument where you have to experience something in order to know what it means. And I propose to you that you don't have to experience something in order to know what it means when you know all things. <laughs> like like you. When you know all things, um, there are many things that Jesus and his humanity didn't experience. Let me give you a, a, a simple one. Um, Jesus never drove a car. But could could he have the knowledge of what it's like to drive a car? Do you think he could drive a car? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think he could too, but he never experienced it. And so it's possible not to experience something and still have the ability to understand it and know it. So the idea of, of temptation, the temptation was real to the unique Son of God who was fully man and fully God, and yet holy, sinless, and blameless. All right. Let, let, me, let me just give you one more thought for your friends and consider that sin is a decision that's made against the law of God, right? That's something Jesus would have never done. It is something that what God prescribes, he was, when you sin, you're going against what God prescribes. Mm -hmm. And the law is by nature what God would or would not do. So sin becomes anything that God would not do by his very nature. And so the nature of Christ was to not sin. It would be illogical 
for the Son of God to sin. And so therefore, I fall into the camp of impeccability, and I believe that you don't have to experience something in order to know it in its fullness, especially when you're God. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Such a great question coming. How's the weather in Alabama? Rainy. Rainy. Is it also, that means it's super hot and humid? Yes. Uh, do you like that? I've grown to be accustomed <laughs> to it. I'm used to it. So here in Colorado, it, it's super dry. And so your skin is always, you know, needing lotion. And uh, it's just so super dry here. Uh, and you got to get used to it. Like wherever we are, God has unique things for us to experience. He does. And I thank you for that uh, response. It's, You're welcome. It's, it makes things much clearer for me. Thank oh, good. You're welcome, Eileen. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we are on our way to Bible study. Uh, I'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow. But we're going to be here in just uh, two hours or so. Uh, here at Calvary. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. We have Bible study tonight. We pray, we worship, uh, we sing, we fellowship, just like Acts 2.42, and we want you to be out. I know it's hard. School just started. Today was day number one, 13 years, Calvary Christian Academy. So it was our first day, and uh, we welcomed all the kiddos here, 200 kids. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a privilege. Bless you. See you uh, in an hour or so. Lord, encourage you, keep you strong, and Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.